I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I may be cheered by news of you. I have no one like him who will be generally concerned for your welfare. All of them are seeking their own interests and those of Jesus Christ. But Timothy's worth you know. How like a son with a father he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I trust in the Lord that I will also come soon. Still I think it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and co-worker and fellow soldier, your messenger and minister to my need, for he has been longing for all of you and has been distressed because he heard that you heard that he was ill. He was indeed so ill that he nearly died, but God had mercy on him and not only on him but on me also, so that I would not have one sorrow after another. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, in order that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. Welcome him, then, in the Lord with all joy and honour such people because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for those services that you could not give me. Hear the word of the Lord. All right, well, welcome. It's good to see you this morning. Uh, who was here last week? A lot of people were here last week, but uh, many of you probably don't remember the first half of Philippians, so uh, I want to refresh you on it. It's, it's maybe useful that we've heard the second half, because I think the second half uh, gives us a little bit of an indication as there's actually more going on in this story than we maybe actually have caught a hold of already. In, in fact, uh, maybe Paul's a little bit more concerned about the Philippian church than he's perhaps let on by the encouragement that he's been giving the Philippian church so far. And so with that in mind, we're going to look back at verses uh, 1 uh, through 18. And I want you, as, as I'm reading it, to just reflect on what, what are, what's Paul speaking into a community that is... Uh, He's concerned for. So, Paul, if you could uh, flick back to Philippians 2, 1, yes. So the letter continues. It says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion, empathy, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love, being of full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition, or conceit, but in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and arguing, so that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the world. It is by your holding fast to the word of life that I can boast on the day of Christ. I did not run in vain or labor in vain. But even if I am poured out as the libation over the sacrifice and the offering of your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with you all. And in the same way, you also must be glad and rejoice with me. So Philippians here, hearing the first half, we maybe don't quite pick up that uh, Paul is uh, particularly concerned about what might be uh, going on in the community at Philippi. It's been a while since he's been there. Uh, Paul, could you flick to the, the sermon slide? That would be great. Uh, it's been a while since he's been there, and there's a concern for him that in his absence, things have changed from how he left them. In this passage, he introduces us to, to Timothy, uh, one of his disciples, Timothy, who was most likely with him as they established and planted the church with uh, Paul and Silas, we heard about at the start. But uh, Timothy, who's in the title of this letter, Paul and Timothy, Servants of Christ, Timothy was likely there as they laid a foundation for this church. And so uh, Paul's concerned because Paul uh, knows people. And as Paul has considered the people, he's concerned that the people around him, and we'll look at this more in chapter 3, the people around have influenced the church in the wrong direction. Now, Paul knows a thing or two about how to... Uh, move a church forward. And one of those things you don't do is you don't say, you're really bad at this. I'm really concerned. Uh, the, the, this is a problem for you. He actually he, he brings encouragement. He brings instruction for how they can live in a world that is different from them, how they can shine like stars. And so in many ways, this message this week is uh, Shine Like Stars Part 2. Uh, how do we do it? How do we shine like stars in a world that puts pressure on us? You see, they were surrounded by people that were self-seeking, self-interested, teaching to build a platform for themselves. And so Paul's concerned that, who have I got? Of the disciples that I've made over the years, who have I got? that's not seeking of self, that I can send to you in order to reassure my anxious thoughts that actually, as a church, you're going how I hope you're going. Who can I send? Uh, he mentions Timothy as one of his faithful disciples that he would love to send because he trusts Timothy. When he first came with Timothy, uh, Timothy was someone that was recommended to him. Uh, now, as the years have gone on, Timothy is one of his best, one that he has seen that is faithful uh, to shine like a star. And so he gives us some instruction as to how we can shine like a star. I, I, I wonder whether you as a Christian, you as a person, get distracted from your purpose very often. I, I get distracted from my purpose uh, easily. Uh, they, they, they say uh, that, um, and, and this 
might be true, it might not be true, that when, when the oven's on and there's something in there, that the female brain will be thinking that the oven's on, the oven's on, the oven's on. The, the male brain often just forgets it and walks away. And I've, I've burnt a few things like that. I came up to church this morning to grab some paper because my printer at home doesn't pr- print the St. Barnabas uh, watermark in the middle of it. And so I, I needed to get some paper and I came up and I said hi to someone. And I walked back home and I got home and I realized that the paper that I came up for was still here. So I had to dash back up, grab the paper so that I could print something out for this morning. I wonder if you get distracted in life. That's a small purpose, but do you ever get distracted by the bigger purposes that God calls you to? Maybe you don't even know the purpose that God has for you in this season. Do you get distracted At work, it's so easy to get distracted from the pile of emails that stack one on top of another, pretending that they're more important than the greater purpose that you serve. Do you get distracted? Uh, In conversation with other people, do you find yourself looking around or are you able to fully engage? Do you get distracted in times of prayer? Do you get distracted? When you sit down to, to read God's word, do you get distracted? Uh, I just want to check this one thing on, your, on the phone. One email, suddenly half an hour's gone and your time with God has been squeezed down. Do you get distracted? Paul's worried that the church uh, has been easily distracted by the charismatic speakers that have hung around and the pressure that is pushed around. And Paul is instructing them, how do you shine? And so what we're going to look back at is, is the first half of Philippians 2 because it gives us some indications of how we can shine. Now, the, the instruction for us as to how to shine is very contradictory to the way we're taught to shine in this world. So the way you're taught to shine in this world is to uh, work hard, uh, seek the opportunity to put yourself forward, uh, Talk well of yourself in a job interview. You have to kind of puff yourself up and put your best foot forward to shine for yourself. Uh, The way that we work as Christians is very different. So he says, make my joy complete. This is how you are to shine. Be of the same mind. That is, as, as you're with other people, Find out what God has put on their mind. Find out about what the purpose is that we share and be of the same mind. Uh, Have the same love. Have your heart moved by the same things. Be moved together towards the purposes of God. Be in full accord and of one mind. That, That is when we find that there's division, where we find there's differences we work through them. We, we figure out win-wins. We, we figure out, we compromise. We lay our own interests down for the greater interest. This is how you shine like a star. Uh, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. So rather than finding the need to puff yourself up and sing your own song, sing other people's songs. Lay yourself down in Serving other people. That's how we shine like stars. Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility regard others better than yourselves. So that means when we think of them and talk of other people, we're to regard others as better than ourselves. What what does that mean? That uh, I'm not a fault finder. I don't look for the faults in other people. I don't 
major on the faults of other people. I actually major on what is good about other people. Where does this person shine? I'm going to talk lots about that. I'm going to push someone else up. And as I push someone else up, the contradictory thing here is that I actually begin to shine. As I push someone else up to shine, I begin to shine. You begin to shine. So let each of you not look to your own interests, but the interests of others. What's a priority for others? And then through serving that, we shine. So we're given the example here of Jesus, the way that Jesus looked not to his own interests. He laid his life down in order that we as a church may shine in this world. Last week, we looked a little bit more at uh, this section of Philippians, so we won't pause on it too much. But what we see here is the, the, the moving of the kingdom, the, the way the kingdom of God works, that as Jesus laid his life down, made himself nothing, God highly lifted him up, exalted him. And so the model for Jesus is the model for us. That as you lay yourself down in life, whether it's here, whether it's in work, whether it's in your family, God will lift you up. And the kind of lifting up that you want in this world is the lifting up that God gives because it's a secure platform. If you're lifted up by the voices and the opinions of others, then that's a platform that can be pulled out from under you at any moment. But when you're lifted up by the approval of God, then that is secure. You can be secure in how... He's causing you to shine. And so Paul says, well, now not only uh, as you have obeyed me in my presence, so verse 12 we're looking at now, but now much more in my absence, uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So Paul's saying, in order to shine, follow my instruction, just as you have always obeyed me now, but also in my presence, but not do it in my absence. He also says a little bit later, hold fast uh, to, the, to the word. So we're to be a people, in order to shine, you need to hold fast, even when you're pushed and pressed from different directions, even when you're tempted to be distracted. You see, it's really hard to hold in your mind, uh, what is your purpose when the voice of distraction is loud? When the habits of your life are to be paying attention to the distraction around you, it's really easy to be distracted by what's going on out here. It's really easy to be distracted by what's going on around, by what you have to do tomorrow or this week. Well timed, guys. It's really easy to be distracted. And so we need to work at paying attention. It's work for us. Uh, it's work for us to listen into the still small voice of God and to not listen to the noise that is around us so that as we hear the still small voice of God that we can respond and be faithful. See, when uh, Paul says in verse 12... Uh, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He's not saying work out if you're saved as a Christian. He's saying remember who saved you. 
Remember that the one who saved you is the one who created the world. And the one who created the world has a purpose for you. And so with fear, reverence, when you read fear in the Bible, it's best to read reverence. Remember who he is. Reverentially remember who he is. Uh, but it's God. Do it with some trembling because the God who called you is not going to call you to do what you can do in your own strength. He's going to call you to do what you can only do with you and him. We can only say we've got this when it's us and him. When it's us and us, then we're just doing what we could always do. But when it's us and him, we're doing what we're called to do. So work it out with a degree of reverence for who it is that's calling you and a trembling that maybe he's calling you beyond your own ability to do something that maybe you don't want to do. Maybe it's you're called like Paul uh, to go evangelize in jail. I haven't heard that God's giving anyone here a calling like that, but where is God calling you? Work it out with reverence and a trembling, for it's God who is at work in you, enabling you to both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That is, he began a good work in you. He's at work in you for his goodwill, for his purpose, and for his pleasure, that he would find joy in the work that you do. Mark Twain has, has this great quote where he says, the, the two greatest days in life are the day that you're born and the day that you find out why. Uh, <laughs> let me read just that quote, uh, that the two most important days the days when you're born again, that is when you have a true and living faith in Jesus, and the day that you find out why. Why is he called you as a person in his church to see his kingdom go forward? Because if he's called you, he's got a purpose for you. And that purpose doesn't necessarily, for any of us, look easy. But that is the purpose where you're going to shine in, and that is the purpose in which you're going to find joy in. I wonder if you've thought about how stars work. Uh, a star uh, sits up there in the sky and it shines brightly. It produces heat. We, we have a great star, the, the sun. It shines brightly and it produces heat. Uh, stars uh, from the gravitational pull toward, towards the center, uh, the hydrogen uh, crashes together as the pressure of gravity pushes the hydrogen together. A fusion reaction happens, helium is formed, and light and heat are produced. Now, there's probably people that explain it much better than me, but the heat and the light push outwards. And if the heat and the light weren't pushing outwards in this fusion reaction, then the, the star would implode. And so the shining of the star requires pressure. And as that pressure is applied, shining happens. Light and heat is produced. In order for you to shine, there's going to be pressure. And the question for each of us is, what do we do with the pressure? Do we allow it to turn us to God, to be reliant on him, to trust in him, to trust that even in this, he has a purpose? Even in what we can't see, even as we look at Russia and go, God, what are you up to? God, how are you going to work? How are you going to change things? We, we trust that God in this is going to have a purpose in which, as a result, uh, hopefully, leaders like Putin are struck down. 
We have a hope uh, for God to work in this world. We have a hope for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. And it comes as we lay our lives down to shine for him. So do all things uh, without murmuring and arguing. You know, when things become hard, it's really easy to, to murmur and argue, isn't it? It's, it's often the natural reaction. You know why we often murmur and argue? It's because we're fearful that someone else is not concerned for the best for us. It's the same thing the Israelites do. It's the same reason that we murmur and argue because we want that voice of disquiet heard. But he says, do all things without murmuring and arguing so that you may be blameless, innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. So, so the ones that shine for God are the ones who aren't complaining, the ones that are serving the interests of others, the ones that are lifting others up, the ones that under pressure of serving his purpose continue to shine. And Paul says, this is, this is what my hope is for you. Verses 1 to 19, this is my hope for the church. But I, I want to send you Timothy because uh, then I want to be cheered by news of you. I don't want to just be cheered by the disciples that have said, oh yeah, I went to Philippi and I preached and they all laid their lives down. They turned their lives around. God worked powerfully. He doesn't want to hear from those people. He wants to hear from the Timothys who are, who are not self-interested, self-puffing up. He wants to hear from someone like Timothy. So I hope to send him to you, he says in verse 23. And I trust in the Lord that I also will come soon. Still, he's got a, he's got a backup. So Epaphroditus is another brother. Uh, he's someone who's another example. So Timothy's an example of someone who's not self-interested, lays his life down. Epaphroditus is yet another example. who's a brother and a co-worker who's... In fact, for the church of Philippi, uh, on their behalf, served Paul even to the point where he's nearly died. And Paul's honouring and lifting up him. He's saying, here's another person that I'd be happy to send and trust that he will give me a report of what's really going on in your church. And he says, look, well, as much as I'm risking my life, I find it joy. Welcome him in joy, honor such people, because as much as he's risking his life to make up for those services that you could not give, so that they've obviously not extended much to Paul when he's in prison. Uh, finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. So he's hoping that someone else will be able to go and encourage them. But he's also giving them instruction on how to shine. This is an instruction that's just as applicable for us today as it was to them then. So the call for all of us is to go, well, how am I shining right now? In my circumstances, where I am, how am I shining? Am I shining through seeking to shine myself or am I shining through serving a bigger purpose, other people, through laying my life down? This is the journey that God calls all of us on as Christians. To follow him, to lay our lives down, to lift others up, and to shine as we serve his purpose in this world. I'm confident God has 
things for you, whether you've discovered them or not, uh, whether you think you have no capacity or whether you consider that you have lots, I'm confident that as we lay our lives down together, that God will cause each of you to shine where you are. And I'm excited to see what that looks like. Because all the stars in the sky, when you look up at them, they seem to shine the, the, the same. Maybe some shine a little bit brighter. But as we shine, there's a color and a life, a, a music that comes out of us that's different and yet beautiful. And as we do it together, it's like a symphony that works together in harmony to bring light and beauty and music to this world.